0: My name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What did they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. Today, it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to two amazing authors, two amazing women who have created this great space that I'm going to share with you today. So I want to say welcome to Debbie Cohen and Kate. Is it Zoomer? Yes,
1: Kate. Rescue Zoomer.
0: Yep. Okay. Got (laughs) it. Got it. Welcome, ladies. It's so great to have you. How are you doing today? Good. Yeah. Very well. Thank you. Wonderful. So the first question that I usually ask just to get things going is let's tell our audience a little bit about who you are. So Debbie, do you want to go first
2: and then Kate? Sure. You know, let's see. That's a great question. Who am I? I think I'm a human potential junkie. You know, I started my career in early childhood education, moved into administration, was part of the early movement of the work life uh, era, uh, and then moved into HR. And I spent the last 25 years of my career uh, as the chief people officer, CHRO, and several different um, organizations multinational, like 96,000 people around the world, and early, early, early stage, eight people startups.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and then I kind of retired, and Kate's like, hey, come join me as a thought partner, and we ended up creating a book and forming a company, and uh, and here we are. Yeah, we're going to talk about your book, your company,
1: a little bit later, but Kate, over to you. Yeah, Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I started out in advertising, which is also a little bit about like the human beings Mm -hmm. and what motivates people, what Mm -hmm. doesn't motivate people. Um, and, um, and so that really began my journey of like, people are so interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and then I got burnt out (laughs) in advertising and, um, and this was back in and. Oh, 2001. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was living in New York and I was like, man, I'm sort of done having the same conversation that you have in that industry, right? Your creatives want it to be more creative. Your account people want it to be more functional. And I'm like, if it's too functional, it's going to be boring. And if it's too creative, they're not going to know what you're advertising. I got tired of having that argument. Um, and so I, um, hired a coach, a very, my very first coach and, um, I was like, oh my God, I think I would be really good at this. And then I was like, not really. And, um, <laughs> and then I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I I am going to do this. And so I became coach. And when I started to learn, this was back in 2003, when I finally actually, the coach training and and people would be like so you're a coach and you don't know this because i'm on video but i'm tall and people would be like basketball (laughs) (laughs) you know now we we forget that it's in our everyday vernacular we forget now Mm -hmm. but back then it was like and i was like let me let me let me tell you a little let me show you what this is all about this is about Mm -hmm. coaching you into being who you want to be right Mm -hmm. not about who we think we should be or what other people think we should be and all of that kind of stuff. So that mm-hmm. started my journey back in 2003. And very early on, I thought, oh my God, these skills are coaching skills, but they will help people navigate the complexities of being human mm-hmm. in organizations. Absolutely. You know? so Thank you so
0: happy. much for sharing that key. Yeah. I, I, I want to take some time to just talk about your company and your book. So you, you guys got together and you wrote a book, you have a company. Um, tell us a little bit about your book, how these things came to being, like, mm-hmm. why did you decide to write this book? Why did you decide to create this company? What is the book called? Let's go from there you want to start debbie or do you want to start kate, kate kate's turned
2: red she's like,
1: it. she's like ready to go
2: <laughs> go for it kate yeah,
1: it's so funny no i we have we definitely have told this story before you know so debbie was one of um my my clients back in 2010, I think. Okay. Right. So we've been t- working together really since 2010 So it's 11 mm-hmm. years now. And, um, and, and she was and my previous business partner, Athena and I brought, you know, like this idea, a, an idea forward in terms of, this is what we think managers leadership looks like. And Debbie was like, ooh let's let's go there right and I so wanted to create
2: something different i didn't yes. want off the shelf i wanted that's something
1: exactly different. right and yeah. the three of us kind of really in spite of ourselves and because of who we were honestly created a program that people Absolutely loved mm-hmm. um, and um and I, I did that work across a lot of different organizations um and so it's one of those things where I was like i've been doing that for ten years eleven well ten years nine years, I guess at the time we started the book right. and I was like it's time it's time to like put this in a book to make this available like this works yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get it out there and And I was like
2: there's no way in hell I'm writing a book like (laughs) I don't want to do that (laughs) it just sounds like the worst possible thing and part of the reason I got to yes was a Kate was pretty compelling
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: and it's the foundational piece right if you want to fundamentally change the world you need a whole tribe and you've got to get the word out Absolutely. in a broader, consumable way. And I think we did a really good job in the book, yeah. and Kate can That's talk. Right. About that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The book Resistance, is called, yeah, Resistance the book was very much a part of our. It's so funny because I'm doing a little piece in another area of our work. I'm doing some thing on re- resistance, and it is just a part of life. Mm-hmm. And it was a part of this process. Yeah, you know, first initially with Debbie, and then it, we bring we brought somebody else in to sort of you know the Barlow initiatives to sort of help us with this, and we'd have to push against certain ideas. No, we resisted that, and then be like okay, maybe that, but no, not that, and, you know? And so it's, it's an interesting process to go through. Definitely.
2: To help the listeners, the book is called Humanity Works Better. Yes. Five practices to lead with awareness, choice, and the courage to change. Which mm. is really a secret sauce. Our company is called Humanity Works. Yes. Um, and it really is about, you know, a need. Kate and I saw doing the work together for a decade, um, being inside companies for multiple decades, really watching <clears throat> how much process reengineering efficiency had just squeezed the lifeblood out of the humans doing the work. Yeah. and that and that so much of the roadblocks to productivity were about how people were working with one another. Mm-hmm. The skills to be good humans. With each other when they were doing the work. So much of the focus was on the doing. Mm -hmm. And part of what we do at Humanity Works is focus on how to be Mm -hmm. with one another Mm -hmm. in those messy, hard moments. Yeah. To proactively, you know, set yourself up in meaningful relationships so you can navigate through the evolutions that happen as human beings inside companies with so much we can't control. Mm-hmm. You know, our message is really about the only thing you can really control is yourself. And that, so, when,
1: yeah, and that's what the book, the book is written to empower you, yeah. whoever you, you are, are, it is reading that book, mm-hmm. because I think there's one of those things that happens in the workplace, right? Like we, we deflect, we think we're not empowered. We mm-hmm. think we're going to get into trouble or mm-hmm. the organization isn't going to like it, or our boss is going to be whatever, you know well, what I mean? We
2: have to wait. For the yeah. top of the house to do it. And trust me, having sat in those rooms, that's not what they're talking about. Yeah. And so the the I really that resistance Kate was talking about, you know, the marketing team was like, it's gonna sit as a leadership book. And I'm like, the leader in you. And they're like, it needs to sit on the leadership book. And I'm like, they won't pick it up. Right. And they're like, Yes,
1: they will. Yes, they will. It's mm-hmm. written for them. Yeah. They'll pick it up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and it, it really comes, this came from therapy, quite frankly. Is the only thing you can control is you. Yeah. It's the only thing, you know, you mm-hmm. don't like what's going on in a situation, then you you have to say, hey, I'm really uncomfortable with what's going on right now. Yeah. Right. But yep. we we tend to not empower ourselves to think that my voice matters or yes. that. That people you're have a listening. right to say something.
2: That's exactly right. Yep. And, and Julie, you know, back sort of to the audience here. I'm sorry, we're probably blowing right past your question. No, <laughs> no, no. You're doing no, just fine. Uh, the, um, the, you know, if the audience here is predominantly HR folks, I think a great place to pause and look is how much is in place in your organization that constricts that you, because we're like, oh, geez, if we unleash all these people to, mm-hmm. you know, the voice what are we going to do with all of that right so so much of what I saw when I entered into the field and I entered into it not as a noble profession but because I wanted to fundamentally change it to be a high valued part of all organizations was to question what is in place that's actually holding this organization back
1: Mm -hmm.
2: not creating value and you know we were working with a company yesterday on a keynote they basically asked us to talk about unleashing authenticity but that authenticity does not mean you get to be an asshole exactly. like there like there are like how right?
0: people like, use um radical candor as an excuse poor kim scott
2: yes, uh, right? that's it's not right. what she intends
0: no at all right?
2: at but We all. Picked the piece because we love to there's something about that that feeds the human need mm-hmm. and that's part of what we address in our programs is you know where is that coming from within you yeah. and, and where and where is that deficit actually mm-hmm. causing you to show up this this way and so i think inside our profession a really great question is how do we send a message that changes within your control and feel like we have some control
1: mm-hmm. over
2: what will happen here mm-hmm. and that's where you know kate's infamous you know work on boundaries with companies really you know, comes
0: oh along. yes I think sometimes people are not aware and I guess it comes back to that ability to feel empowered that they have the power to create their own boundaries yes
1: so yeah. many yeah. times
0: when I'm coaching HR um, professionals and I get that question of like well my, you know my managers want this 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 and this and I'm like and, and I don't know how to create boundaries. And I'm like, you don't, uh, last time I checked, we all, you have a mouth, right? You have a brain, <laughs> you know, how to use those things, right?
1: Yeah. Well, we love have, that. Game. You know, yeah. and, and
0: we, just think about the words you use
2: to empower so, yourself, right? So, so we talk about freedom without a framework is chaos,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And so what are those boundaries? And place for HR leaders to look is and why is that important? Mm-hmm. Give the people the why of those boundaries and the freedom to move inside them. Um, and they will, and they'll well, show you. That,
1: you one do. of the things that we write about this in the book, which mm-hmm. is, you know, boundaries are there to let people in not to keep them out to that point that debbie just talked about if people know where the sides of the box are and they're allowed to move around inside it so much creativity can happen within that and people can kind of relax into it not unlike you know raising kids Mm -hmm. right? right there's
2: a great piece of research that shows kids playing on a playground in the absence of a fence play very close and tight together but when a fence was put up, they played to the full breadth of the space. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens. People need to know where the edges are. Correct. It's why unlimited PTO has not worked.
1: Mm-hmm. They need
2: to know where the uh, edges are so that they know how to play fully inside. So if you want yeah. your people to play big, create big boundaries for them. But the to where I think, Julie, you were pointing, you have to know why it's important and how <laughs> it helps move the organization and your mm-hmm. people culture forward. Mm-hmm. That's our responsibility to give voice to.
0: I got to tell you ladies, that I'm so glad that we're finally having this conversation. But when you first um, told me the title of the book, there was something that just made me feel like this was soothing honey. <laughs> like just the title alone, like giving people permission to be themselves understand the frameworks in which they work in and how they can have successful relationships whether that's at work or in just in their lives in general
1: was that the full intention of this right that's what we've seen in the work that we've been doing for the last decade Mm -hmm. i mean if we haven't been told once we've been told a hundred times Oh my God, this work is great and it's really helped me at my job, but it's also really helped me at home in me being the kind of person I want to be. Yeah. Right. So, so, and, and and that's one of those barriers that we wanted to blow out of the water too. Who you, you know, we have a friend. We have lots of phrases. Who, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you're some different person at work than you are at home. Exactly. You're the same human Perfect. being in both places. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the
2: leadership circle profile is our three hundred and sixty tools for leaders, and so often when we're debriefing them, they're like, Oh, if I brought that part of me into work, like that wouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's, let's first play with the assumption you're not bringing right. that because it's probably leaking out in ways that you don't think mm-hmm. Two, what's the energetic cost to you
1: mm-hmm. to not
2: show up fully. And what is that, that you're so afraid of that, you know, if you brought that in back to, full expression and taking responsibility which is part of you know the narrative in the book um of the impact that you're creating
0: yeah
2: as opposed to just thinking you can just be whoever you are yes and right you create an impact and if that impact isn't what you're wanting then you have to take responsibility for it well and you need to take responsibility for it when it is what you want when it is what what, exactly what you want but so many people default through that we're into Mm -hmm. the doing and again part of famous Kate Ruski Zoomer quote slow this down and like let's take a look at what are you really wanting to have happen here and use that intention to create what you want
0: yes awesome thank you so much tell our beautiful people I'm sure your book is available on Amazon but is is it available anywhere else for people to purchase
1: yeah, it's at most major bookstores. I th- think it's at like Barnes and Noble oh, really cool. and and Target mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, all of um, that kind of stuff. And yeah, Walmart. And and
2: From stores. our website, www.humanityworks.com, there's a link uh, <laughs> that also if people are wanting to purchase in indie bookstores and things like that. Nice. Also, people want to bring it in. We're doing a fair number of speaking engagements inside companies and if people want to buy it for their folks we can help with bulk discounts. Um, nice.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. So so you've heard it here. We will return to my interview in a moment. But first a word from our sponsors, Ability CBT. Ability CBT is an internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy program designed to provide effective mental health care to people dealing with a variety of concerns, including anxiety, depression, trauma, and grief, and more. The program is guided by experienced therapists who are there to help you understand and navigate your mental health concerns and build long-lasting coping skills. Accessible from any device at any time, Ability CBT is delivered through a secure digital platform to combine the benefits of in person therapy with the convenience of virtual access to fast, easy, and effective support. Ability CBT offers a targeted program to help address mental health concerns related to the uniquely challenging aspects of pandemics, including uncertainty, isolation, burnout, caring for family and community members information overload and stress management ability cbt can be accessed online at my icbt.com or by downloading the ability cbt app from the google play or app store you deserve to feel better we now return to our interview okay so let me ask you what are you reading watching listening to right now that you think our audience would enjoy debbie
2: well, the one I'm listening to, because I'm a big audiobook fan, but then I became so enraptured by it. I had to get it because mm-hmm. I want uh, to do with it what I hope people do with our book is called Subtract. Ooh. And what I'm so enjoying about this book, and actually a client of ours, a, client of Kate, a coaching client of Kate's turned us on to it, is it's about uh, how to do less that creates more. And in our world right now, and still back to, you know, my passion for the HR profession, you know, I think additive doesn't actually always mean better. Mm -hmm. And in this great reset that we're in, it's the perfect time for us to look at what can we take away that actually gives us more of what we want. And I think it is a, I think it's a brilliant uh, way for us as we reset coming Mm -hmm. out of this for the profession and for people to begin to think about.
1: Beautiful, thank you, Kate. So, um, I have read this book. This is a an earmarked uh, book for me, or whatever. Yeah. I did. I, I'm a big fan of Chip Conley. He's actually okay. a personal friend of mine. And it's called Peak: um, How Great Companies Get Their Mojo from Maslow. Mm. And and part of what I think is really interesting about it is you know, and and this is a guy who started a hotel business and he said, literally most of the people that work for me clean toilets. Mm. And how do I create meaning for that? Mm -hmm. How can I actually help them to sort of figure out, you know, what is um, meaningful? What is transformational when people are doing something like that? Mm -hmm. And it's just a very, um, it's a very, cool idea and book and that high hierarchy of needs that we all know about. Yeah. Um, and it's actually part of the reason we all go to work to begin with. And so mm-hmm. there's just some great ideas in there. So I would okay. recommend that.
0: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing those. I'll include them in the comments. The big question. What's the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now, today, Debbie?
2: Oh, boy. This is going to be a whole book of mine at some point. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's more of a pet peeve than a misconception. Can I do that? And yep, maybe- sure. So often when I'm helping companies hire top of the house, um, one of the questions I always ask is, the entire executive team is down the hall, real life scenario, working on the strategic plan. Why do you deserve to be in that room? And 99.9% of the time, the answer is because they have to execute on what they decide. And I'm going to tell you that's
0: not, not the, the reason.
2: That's the, not the reason you're in that room. And um, you need to figure out why. You're in that room and claim it. Um, because there is a need for HR to be in that room mm-hmm. and at that table. We fought for years to be at those tables. And we have to earn the right to stay there.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can't- I'm in the middle of, yeah, we're in the middle of uh writing article. I've got a little bee in my bonnet about, um, mm-hmm. about what I think is going on right now. hmm in our culture with the great resignation, the great reset, I think Mm -hmm. the tides are starting to turn Mm -hmm. and that our employees, we need them. We, there are fewer of them. We have to fight harder to keep them. And that is, that is shifting. And so I think that the, that the day in the sun for uh, HR is, is now is mm-hmm. now, and um, it's emerging and you need to step up mm-hmm. and really start doing that claiming that Debbie is talking about, mm-hmm. because I think the tides are shifting. Mm-hmm. I, really like.
2: I love this because it ties right back to the theme of the book, right? If change needs to happen, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to change how you think about being in relationship with your people, the need for boundaries and clarity, your role in presenting the why, which is part of why you're at the table, mm-hmm. um, and what that looks like for people to give expression and voice inside that framework. That is not how HR has been set up to work in the past, but I think yeah. to Kate's point, it is part of the great reset and where we're going, and it's the moment for HR to lead that change. Definitely.
0: I did a presentation maybe about a year and a half ago, which I dubbed, it's the most wonderful time to be in HR. So it was like right at the B, maybe just in the throes of COVID. And the reason why I did that talk was just to say to people, like, this is a great time for us as HR professionals to now reset, to now give the C-suite what they need, get the recognition we deserve, be in the spaces that we deserve to be in. But we have to prove that we belong there. We can't just say we belong there because we have to like, as you said, execute. Why are we really there? What do we understand our purpose truly is? And I think a lot of times when people, when you ask that question, why did you get into HR? And people go, oh, I got thrown into HR. First of all, nothing annoys me more because then when I ask you, so who are you? Not a clue. How can you know who you are if you've been thrown into something? What do you fundamentally believe about people? Mm -hmm. That's the question. Is the the ultimate question. And, And that just tied nicely into what I thought about, made me think about the presentation that I did back then. Um, that I'm bringing back to life again for 2022 because I think this is a wonderful time for us to be in the space the data is showing us that the c-suite recognize our importance they recognize that we can lead change that we can go forward and help organizations to be bigger better and brighter but we have to understand who we are if we don't know who we are how can we support
2: yeah well, who you are and, what our, you believe and how it ties into the needs of the business yeah all those things have to come together
1: mm-hmm. yes Kate. Our, our book is also going to help you with what mindset do you have we're going to give you some skills that you can practice as soon as you've read about them mm-hmm. and then there are these five practices so it's also a how-to it's not yeah. just it's not just writing about the platitudes that these things are important. It's like, we okay, great. We think they are important, but how do you go about doing them? Yeah. So, so it's, we hope it's gonna be an earmarked um, you know, favorite for people to sort of dip back into. And know,
2: people are looking for help, you know, we have programs that we bring in for managers, emerging leaders on the top of the house.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, uh, and that could even include the people team as you're trying to shift your mindsets and think about how to go about doing things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and later this quarter will launch, hopefully our online portal, which will be an easier uh, and yeah. more accessible tool for
0: mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Beautiful. So, Thank yeah. you.
2: Yeah. Our job is to fundamentally change the world of work mm-hmm. so that there's more humanity at work and we need all of you to help us do that. So we so appreciate Julie, you helping amplify that.
0: Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. What advice would you give to your younger self knowing what you know now?
1: Mm. What advice
0: would I give my younger self? To your younger self. I won't take you back too far, but maybe just at the start of your working career.
2: I think if I were giving my younger self advice It would be to be conscious about what's happening. There was a lot of just defaulting into what you thought was what you're supposed to graduate and get a job and have that job, and then for me it was getting married and I like having kids. And there was a lot of defaulting into the doing of my life. And it was, you know, I was in well into my 40s when I when I became more conscious Mm -hmm. of my life. And and I think I would have told myself earlier to try to be more conscious of what was happening Mm
1: -hmm. thank you yeah i think um mine would probably be to um give the credit to my intuition Mm -hmm. intuition is a real thing uh i think we we tend to discount it and not think that it's that real Um, and yet i think my intuition is responsible for all the smart choices that that i made in (laughs) my life (laughs) And, and so get to know your intuition and uh and listen to it earlier and sooner uh and instead of defaulting as Deb's talking about. But there is something about my intuition that I think it would have been great if I had listened to it earlier on and said, oh, I think it's telling me something kind of important that I should pay yeah. attention to. I'd like to write a book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, ladies. With that being said, you've survived your time in the sound booth today. That was a, this was a great conversation. I want to thank you so much for reaching out to me on Twitter and finally getting us together so that we could have this conversation. I want to thank you so much. I wish you guys all the best with Humanity Works Better and your organization and all the wonderful work that you're doing. I hope more people engage in your services because it's definitely needed. Thank you.
2: Thank you yeah. for being part of the tribe,
0: Julie. We just so appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I A M Julie Turney, and you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms. Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to our sponsors CBT, and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you.
2: And I will see you again in the next Sound Off.